Hello, podcast listeners. So as a lot of you know, this whole conversation around health, wellness, fitness, personal training, movement, all of this kind of stuff has been a big part of my own life personally and professionally this last sort of decade. It really kind of escalated around 2009. I was doing a lot of triathlons back then, really into the endurance scene. I was training for some Ironman triathlons, getting ready to go over to Hawaii and race over there. And I'd also just done my Cert 3 and Cert 4 in fitness. I owned the running specialty store at the time, but I really wanted to upskill in this new area, wanted to understand more about this other industry. So I did that, uh, did some work as a personal trainer, corrective exercise coach, was mentored in that space, was really cool. Anyway, that kind of rolled along until 2014. In 2014, my little sister and I opened a gym in Melbourne. It's called Workshop Gym, it's still down there, still running. And so in this latter half of the journey, this last kind of four to five years, as a gym owner, I was fortunate to meet just a huge number of amazing humans, uh, business owners, of course, all the, the people in the gym, the members, people I was able to work with and coach and train, but also the business owners, the fellow business owners, this connection laterally through fellow gym owners, suppliers, everyone in this whole industry is really, really fun, really cool. So today I'm really excited because I get to sit down with three of them who I've actually only really known for the last kind of two years, feels like a lot longer, uh, but sit down with three of them. Jacob Hodson, who is a co-owner of a gym up here. I'm going to call them all gyms. I know the terminology is different. Some of them do more movement stuff, some more strength. I'm just going to call them gyms. Jacob from a gym up here, co-owner of New Strength. Vic Hawksley from Anatomy and Motion in Sydney, and then Rod Cooper, who uh, created the Movement Collective here in Newcastle. We all sit down. I heard they were in town. I got them, got all of us together. They were generous with their time. So we all sit down. We go for an hour 40 in this episode, and there's not a lot of fluff. We're basically diving into the key questions that I would have wanted to know the answers to when I got into the industry. So this is an episode that I basically designed around this intent of delivering as much value as possible to anyone either already in or looking to break into this space. Personal trainers, exercise professionals, even massage therapy, yoga, when you're leading people in the physical domain, and of course this is gonna to translate to other businesses as well, but if you're leading people in the physical domain, or want to open a gym, anything like that. Basically, if you listen to this episode and do the things that these guys and that we talk about, that these guys say and that we cover, you will. It will take you a long way. It will, it will help you um, immensely. So that's basically it. That's the intent. Great conversation um, with these um, fine gentlemen. Very generous of them to give up their time. Uh, and it was great for me to understand more of their own story and their own background as well. I've known these guys as friends and as um, also worked alongside them in the business work as well, the business stuff, and more specifically this year, which has been a real joy and a real pleasure. And I'm always inspired. I'm always blown away by their generosity. Uh, they're hardworking, they're kind, and there's a lot of value here for you. So hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. This is John Marsh and you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. 
Hey podcast listeners, we're sitting down, we're at episode 53 on the Access Potential podcast and I'm really excited, we're sitting here, uh, what are we, Boxing Day? Day after Boxing Day? Day after Boxing Day. Um, Vic made his way up, a lot of you guys have heard the episode I did with Vic earlier, made his way up here to Newcastle, Jacob's here in town, um, we're in Rod's space, the Movement Collective, if you're watching this you can see it, big sign behind us, so I thought what better chance to get everyone sitting down in one spot and um, riff on a bit of a podcast and get a bit of a panel going. Um, so we did a session, a little bit of training this morning. This is the second time back in the space. Basically, we're going to just kick it off because there's four of us in the room. And if you're listening, could get a little bit jumpy and crowded on the mic. Um, we're going to just kick it off by basically going along the table introduce yourself let's get clear on who's in the room who's at the table uh, just name background i know everyone knows you guys already but let's just break it down a little bit about yourself maybe 60 seconds something like that and then we'll just get stuck in We've got a few questions from people today so it should be fun well i'll start it off then so hey guys uh this is vic uh and i own a business called anatomy in motion down in sydney in the lower north shore in sydney in particular um, the business has been around for about two years and what we do is we just teach uh, strength and movement to gen pop as well as coaches. Um, yeah, that's us. Cool. Uh, my name's Rod. Yeah, we're in MySpace here. This is the Movement Collective in Newcastle. We've been around for coming up to, in April, it'll be five years. So a little bit longer than Vic and been through a bunch of different transitions along the way. So we started off at a facility, a smaller facility, just renting space, and then we moved to a bigger one, and now we're in the, uh, the granddaddy, I would say. Kind of, I'm assuming we're going to be in, in this space for quite some time. And yeah, teaching movement, flexibility, acrobatics, dance, whatever we think is fun and enjoyable, basically. Uh, so I'm probably the odd one out. I'm not a gym owner, uh, ex-gym owner, gym and then retail before that, so I now work with uh, small business owners, freelancers, helping to level up, really interested myself in kind of the right brain side of um, business growth and development, communications, that sort of stuff, uh, and just pumped to be sitting here with these legends. Yeah, I'll round it out. I'm Jacob, I'm the co-owner of New Strength here in Newcastle. Uh, basically, we are strength performance and lifestyle coaches. Uh, we work with everyone from everyday people that don't have a lot of time to train, and they want to maximize their results in the gym through to people that are looking to compete at high levels in sports, whether that be strength sports like strongman uh, or even just in team sports and individual sports settings. Awesome. So the way I kind of want to kick it off, and I'm sure it'll sort of um, organically grow and we can jump back and forth, uh, but specifically I want to bring a lot of value to people that I've talked to who are either in another career uh, I'm really interested looking down this, you know, this landscape of teaching people in the physical domain, or they've already started and they've kind of sensed what's out there. They've started following people like yourself. Things they've sensed this other path that they could go versus maybe that's owning a facility, but maybe not. Maybe just teaching or coaching. But it's something that's distinctly different from. You know, you finish Cert 3 and Cert 4 and then you go do an internship at Fitness First and you stay there, right? Uh, so I want to I deliver kind of stuff specifically for them. And I think a great place that I'd love to start is 
you know, whether you guys break it down into your story um, or something like that, but the main thing I'm interested in is how long have you been training? Like, how long have you been doing something, whether it was doing rugby, um, whether it was specifically practicing, uh, relative to how long you've been now teaching or coaching? I'll kind of use those terms um, interchangeably, but basically leading people in this space. What did it look like? Was it all your life? Did you come to it late? How long have you been doing stuff, so to speak? Versus now, how long is it that you've been, you, you made the decision, you've been leading people in some form or another? How did that look? Sweet. Are we just going to keep running through this? No, way? Just yeah. 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 Uh, so I started training when I was like 13, pretty much. I'm 26 now, so pretty much half my life. So I've been doing it for quite a while. I think I first started coaching people at like 18. Uh, so pretty much I was five years in. I felt like for me it was important to really just sort of earn the right to coach people like it wasn't like I started training one week and the next week I started coaching other people uh it was getting in the space understanding understanding what worked for me and and how the whole process went and then too also it was like it was part of my lifestyle and it was where I wanted to go with it like I wanted to make sure of that before I actually then went hey you know what now I want to actually help somebody else with this uh but yeah so pretty much like I think 13 years training now coming up to like eight years coaching yeah yeah cool uh similar for you then mm, so like i guess kind of in training i started training going into gym probably when i was 16 for rugby and whatnot uh and made the leap over when i was turning 20 so i'm 30 now so i've been coaching people for 10 years just over 10 years now um yeah one of the best decisions i've ever made yeah Right. Uh, I guess I'm fairly new to it because I started coaching when I opened up TMC, so that's been about four and a half years. And I started training when I was about 18, and the goal was to get bigger. It was like just in the gym, just like pumping it out, and then yeah, it kind of progressed through that into CrossFit, and then I discovered the movement practice and circus arts and all that kind of stuff, and then decided that I wanted to teach. So then. There wasn't much time from me figuring out that this is what I loved to then me teaching. Yeah. There wasn't much much mm. of a gap there. Yeah. So basically on all accounts like a fair while of a fair while of practicing yours you knew you wanted to so what did that look like early on for you? Because you were training from your thirteen. Were you thinking, oh, I might go be an architect or a landscaper and then or a personal trainer and then that flipped? Or was it always from the start like? I was probably around 16 that I decided that it was like when you go through where it's like, oh, you have to start figuring out what you want to go to at uni. So I was like, I want to go into sports science and then strength conditioning with like uh, professional team sports and stuff like that because I just love footy. So I was like, that's if I'm not going to play at that level, how can I have my own influence on that? And then I was going down that route as that sort of path went through with uni, I realized that wasn't the space that I wanted to be and that's where I kind of transitioned towards where I am now. But yeah, it was probably two, three years of doing it just because I, I was enjoying it for myself and my own hobby. And then from there it was a, okay, now I should start positioning myself to go towards coaching and uh, treating that as my living. Yeah. And for you, Rod, uh, you know, 
you spent some time at welfare. I'm not sure whether was, was there another institution before that. Like, uh, no. Prior to that, I was just running boot camps and yeah. stuff out of my shed and that yeah. sort of stuff. And did you do you you did a bit of a mentorship, or were you sort of cut your teeth early? Was like a bit of a studio? Yeah, that's right. So I was fortunate enough to be enrolled into a private studio in London. Yeah, and um, this was just a one-on-one setting, and uh, that was predominantly my coaching career essentially. So like basically seven years of one-on-one time. Um, no small group at all. No, so kind of uh, seven years in that space. No, not in that space. Like including just a one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. and then. Um, it's only in the kind of probably the last three years that I've started to kind of branch out to the group stuff essentially. Um, but that story just re- definitely resonates around, you know, kind of when we're young. And I think this probably goes out to a lot of other people where um, we all start out, you know, kind of obviously being physical. We're in the physical domain, playing sports, games, whatever it is, you know, team sports. And uh, it's a big part of our life when we're growing up. So it just, you know, kind of sounds normal to kind of be like, well, how else can I pursue this essentially? And that's pretty much you know my story I guess you know I was playing rugby a lot, a lot mm. I think three different teams um, and wanted to take it to the next level but I didn't know quite how to so that's where the physical domain kind of came into play and that's where training people and coaching people you know kind of was a uh, an avenue essentially where I could continue doing that you know or, or like the way Jacob kind of put it you know have that influence you know um, on the sport teams whatever it is mm. uh, in my case people but yeah. And for you, Rod, yours is kind of like the anomaly, I suppose, at the table where, uh, for me, there was a there was a um, cert three and four, and then a mentorship with a guy in Sydney, similar to what Vic mentioned, and a lot of one on ones. For you, it sounds like you were more because you came at it from this movement perspective. I know you were learning under a guy in uh, Canada. Was it you basically effectively bypassed? Um, say being in an institutional kind of area and just went like it was more experiential does that kind of help yeah for sure so I was just like I was practicing for about I don't know like a year before I realized that that's what I wanted to do at the the time I was a brewer so I was working full-time and I'd been in that industry for about seven years and there was just I didn't even know what point it was I was just like all right I think it was a workshop I took a workshop and I was like you know what I can do this but then I realized that I knew nothing uh, and I had to learn about business, I had to learn about personal development, about movement, about coaching. There was so many different things, so I kind of like headphones in and reading and I found two mentors at that time, so I was heading out. I was getting on a bus every Friday and heading out to a gym. Uh, it was about an hour to get out to this gym on the bus because I didn't have a car in Canada. I would do shadowing and things like that, ask all the questions that I needed to know to start up the business. And yeah, it kind of just went from there, from this like little idea to trying to put all the pieces together to figure out how I could start. Yeah. Yeah. There's one that I really want to go into that, um, that angle, and I want to come back to this later in terms of what you would do if you were starting now, because I think although it's different, there's definitely like everyone got a lot of basically um, trench in the trend, like a lot of experience yeah. without kind of, before there was any real expectation, like you were training, even when you came back here and opened the business, so to speak, it was out of like someone else's space at a very, it wasn't like you just went all in on a gemmer. Yeah, it was like yeah there were still stages to yeah. it. I kind of went all in in terms of like, I knew that I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna work for anyone else anymore, but in terms of like me committing like hundreds of thousands of dollars and just going all in, it wasn't like that. There was definitely a little bit of thought, a little bit, 
going into it to make sure that I that it was safe, safe enough for me to progress slowly, eventually move to bigger facilities, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. where we like there, I guess, is like, there could be like, you know, we could say there's two different ways, but really what happened over time at the start definitely was like, all of us were working on our craft. You know, kind of we all spent our time learning, doing, you know, kind of, and, and practicing, you know, from the forefront essentially, whether, you know, in Rod's case with movements, you know, exposing himself to the practice first, you know, practice it himself, and then wanted to go and coach somebody else. You know, same with us, training ourselves first, you know, kind of learning what we needed to in order to then be empowered enough to then go be responsible for some of the human beings, essentially. Mm. And I guess that sort of kind of hasn't really stopped to this point. Mm. You know, the craft is something we still work to this day. Uh, I know this guy was away for like last month. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was training and teaching. You know, yeah. and it's amazing, you know, to kind of uh, to be exposed to all that kind of work mm -hmm. and, and whatnot kind of stuff. I know Jacob this year has taken a huge step up in strongman world, you know, kind of. Uh, and what's been really epic to see is that he's taken a whole, you know, his whole tribe with him. And it's mm -hmm. been epic to see that growth. Um, so, yes, yeah, so craft is the first thing that brings us all together, you know, kind of that's the... That's the doing part, that's the love initially. And then it comes back, well, how can I share my craft? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the thing when we kind of start to dive into like, well, how do we make a living out of it? Da -da 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 -da. Yeah, there's all these stuff. little bits and pieces that you need to kind of put yeah. together because it's, whole... it's nice to have that one idea and that passion, but then it's just like, how does it actually work in terms of like creating memberships and classes and mm. all this stuff happens. It doesn't just like, I didn't just click my fingers and there was 25 classes on per week and things like that. You start with one, mm. try to fill that up, build the member base, try to work on some, some sort of advertising to get people in, to be aware of the brand and what you're doing. And, and it will just build slowly, yeah. Yeah, there's so many rich things I want to go into there. Um, but first I want to, and maybe we'll start back with you, Jacob. Uh, it's going back to that early stage, whether it was early or when you, I know when you guys opened up um, the business, New Strength, this would be relevant as well. But talk about the role of whether you want to call them mentors, coaches. Um, I know you've known Rod for a long time as well. Peers, um, connection, like learning, like actively seeking to learn from people around you, how has that played out? Have you been kind of more isolated style, like from the textbooks, or are you more, like what's your position on it and how has it helped you or what have you seen from that? Neil, yeah, I've definitely done both, like yeah. at different points. Like when I first started training in a gym, like I had, there was a, a guy, his name was Ivan, and he was friends with one of my good friend's cousins and he just happened to train at the same gym that, that we were going to, so he kind of took me under his wing and taught me everything about how he trained and he was really into like the traditional bodybuilding method so I learned a lot of that sort of stuff early days and then but he taught me how to do things well how to go about technique and all that sort of stuff at very early of training and I really like just dove all in I was like okay I'm following exactly what what you're going to teach me for now for your this was for like, your training was results training. Yeah, yeah he wasn't so, like I'm going to teach you to be a coach no he was like here's how you train yeah. yeah but then he essentially taught me how to be a coach in that I just watched how he taught me in a lot of ways. So he, there was a lot of that there, and he still, I, I think, I don't think he's ever actually coached anyone in, in personal training. I think he's done his certs because he, he was interested, but uh, he kind of took me under his wing and taught me a lot of that sort of stuff. And then as I got to uh, and the point where I realized that what we were doing there wasn't exactly where I wanted to go with it, then I took what, what I could from there and then transitioned towards and found other mentors. And a lot of that was 
online what looking at people through YouTube and uh, blogs and that sort of stuff at that point because there wasn't a lot of podcasts or anything like that mm. that around and there also wasn't a great deal amount of people around doing the stuff that I wanted to do but then slowly over time I'd find people where I could go and do stuff like that like I, I remember hitting Rod up when he first got back and was like hey dude I'm curious about what you're doing and I came along to one of his workshops because uh, we first met each other through my grandparents lived next door to Rod growing up so uh it was just a weird coincidence of how it had played out and I was like I need to go and learn from Rod so I came in and he taught me a whole bunch of stuff and then same sort of thing I learned a lot of weightlifting stuff from a guy uh Martin Harlow that used to operate out of North Sydney but we would me and my business partner now Nath would travel down on a Saturday morning get up at five o'clock it was the only day that we could get out early so we didn't have any PT clients on Saturday morning so we'd get up at five o'clock drive down to jump in his session with Australian level weightlifters so we got to learn from him and then we would spend time we would go to a gymnastics place that was down there as well that we didn't have access to most of the time and then travel our way back and we just kind of would find the people who we wanted to learn off and then go and basically jumped in and it got that experience there and then that's how the same with I've went to multiple of Vic's workshops because I tell everybody that Vic's the most like like basically the best coach that I know uh and it's too Vic. kind bro that's too kind <laughs> my heart uh, <laughs> no, <it's> just, but, <laughs> wow. but the, the combination of the yeah, what about me I'm <laughs> different categories fine. different category uh, best coach other categories I know Vic's yeah. good whatever but uh the way that he combines both the technical knowledge and then also the engaging experience, I think, is something that I've never seen anyone else do it in, in that sort of degree. So that's where I constantly will still go and try to jump in on Vic's workshops so that I can see how I can take that back into my own coaching and uh, then also business coaching. That's the first thing that we jumped on as soon as we knew we were opening a business, we were finding a business mentor. Uh, and I think that was, we all had a similar mentor under Drew and the guys at Alchemy as well. and. Uh, that was a huge thing for us is like we're not going into this blind because we didn't have it was a lot of information that even though we'd worked within a business uh, that was very successful and still is uh, it wasn't stuff that we were exposed to directly so it was like okay this is like the marketing side of things and the operations Mm. we didn't know how any of that worked and like all right well we just need to seek that out the same way that we sort out a weightlifting coach when we wanted to work uh, learn that when we wanted to learn gymnastics stuff we came and saw Rod uh, so it was a no-brainer. It was a wherever you go, it was find a mentor. Mm. Rod, Rod or Vic, do you want to jump in specifically on Jacob mentioning that, um, like the, this online, online and offline, like he's getting up at 5 a.m. to drive, you were driving across Canada, like similar things resonating there. <coughs> now there's like, you know, you just look on Insta or whatever, there's as much online as people want and it can feel like you're learning all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you guys just break down how that resonates, what Jacob spoke about, the importance of going to workshops or of spending the time in this, like do it like face-to-face versus like, you know, you can be part of any group nowadays and online here and there. Um, and I know this will be reflected in some of the work you're doing with AIM Academy as well. There's mm. two components, but what well, resonates for your own journeys out of that? Well, it's safe to say kind of a thing Maybe one of us at some point here has used YouTube University, you know, to kind of motivate or take inspiration or whatever kind of thing, basically the online stuff. Um, but really the only way to kind of take it to the next level is by practicing, by doing it yourself and then taking that deeper is by exposing ourselves to our peers, teachers, mentors, whatever kind of stuff to exactly do that, go deeper, to be, to be taught, uh, to be made aware, 
uh, of the nuances, small details that we were we would never be otherwise you know aware of. Mm. Um, and this constantly happened in you know attending workshops, uh, live events. I think what I really liked kind of an, uh, I guess this was a one of the pivoting points I guess was when I first moved to Australia back in 2015, coming up to TMC. Uh, and it didn't have a home at this point, so Rod was kind of operating out of you know whatever the gym it was, and um, that was my first experience, I guess, in terms of a moving class and also having other number of people in there. Um, and I remember that session alone. I think I learned so much about handstand in maybe that hour, and I think we only kind of worked for maybe five minutes section mm -hmm. on that compared to what I'd known about handstands. I don't know three, four years prior to that. You know, kind of so like a five doing minute, the internet. boom, yeah. internet, whatever it is, you know, kind of uh, but that five minute, you know, session that, you know, it happened in a group scenario as well, you know, to kind of to be taught, first of all, you know, kind of live the whys and the hows and then to be able to practice it live to then be able to get this live feedback. Um, yeah, you know, kind of three years condensed into five minutes. Mm. It was just the feedback's amazing. important. So you don't get that when you're watching a video. And I think like some people just like don't watch YouTube. You can't learn anything off YouTube, but I think that's total bullshit. You can, but then if you want to go deeper, like you said, you need to get that feedback from a coach or from a teacher or from someone else that can do that thing. Mm. Yeah. I think you know the the idea of practicing the mentors, the teachers, anything like that. Anything I think in person or offline, should we say in this case, is really that. Uh, that live, you know, we said the word feedback kind of thing, that live conversation, the live uh, example kind of stuff, because it's in, in the very moment, you know. Uh, let's say, for example, if we're watching something online or um, we're working something, you know, uh, like online program or whatever it is kind of stuff, we could be repeating the same mistake over and over again, not knowing anything better, mm. you know. In that same breath, if we were to kind of do the same work just once under a watchful eye, um, the feedback, that's twofold, you know, like, the, it, it's amazing. The improvements you'll see, the understanding, the ownership you'll get out of that um, to your own practice, and therefore, obviously, in our business where we go and teach others or are responsible for other human beings, it, it's no-brainer. Mm. So, you know, kind of, Jacob waking up at five o'clock in the morning, whatever, um, traveling down, all this kind of stuff, again, that comes down to the hard work, mm. that, that's commitment, you know, mm -hmm. kind of, um, and I still to this day make it a point that, you know, I'm going to attend in live person. This is why I don't like, um, I'm not a big fan of online stuff, essentially. I think there are amazing people doing it, you know, mm -hmm. kind of, uh, but um, to me that offline, that connection, that one-to-one, face-to-face, it's just second to none. You know, mm -hmm. that's like the best case scenario. One thing that really resonates is if you're listening, <clears throat> I think, you know, to me, one thing that pops out, and, and tell me what you guys think of this, how this lands, but, you know, Jacob, like, I know you do a lot of stuff, but one thing that picks, jumps to mind is, like, lifting stones or teaching somebody something that's not basically standing next to them on a treadmill. You guys have all chosen a path that's uh, way higher in complexity mm -hmm. and way higher in... Um, in in teaching it's like it's not just a support it's not like a i'm going to motivate you while you exercise and lose some weight or some calories are burnt and be that person i'm sure there's motivation as well but there's a whole bunch more responsibility that you've taken on 
uh, and it's allowed you or kind of forced you to have to do this stuff as well. And then the flip of that is like, you know, we trained on the Wednesday and we're doing fairly, like fairly basic, like a, like say just a front lever, a front lever thing, right? Not a super complex hard, but not super complex, right? And yet in a basic pattern, we've got like three or four people all giving feedback even with 30 years accumulated between us on the smallest little thing. So I guess what I'm getting at is if you're listening, it's like, if you if it sounds all scary, you don't need you could just support people next to a treadmill and be that kind of personal trainer as well, and you wouldn't have to do a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, if you do chew and you'd like to do it and enjoy it, um, you know it keeps going. Like you still and I'm sure you're still getting like tips with say lifting stones or oh, like it's constantly going even on the simple stuff, ends. right? And it's and it's this simple like small little things the that little you do things, get yeah. from seeing an expert that you just can't. You can't put a value on on that. Like I, I remember, and Stones is a good example of that. Like I, I went up to Gold Coast recently, and uh, I was there for a holiday with uh, my fiance Jess, and I kind of ducked out to uh, get to train with uh, Coco, who's Australia's strongest man. And I was like, dude, I, I just need help with Stones. Like I've been really, really struggling with these. In that day, he basically like took it from where I was like struggling, really inconsistent, to rebuilding it from from the start, and I hit like a record on that day just because of refining like two or three little tiny things. Mm. And it wasn't like a huge, like all the fundamental pieces were basically there, but it was this these small little finicky things that you wouldn't pick up on video a lot of the time. And it was that in itself that took me from going where I was not very confident on that event to a couple of weeks later when I competed in that, in that event at a weight that was above what I'd handled before. I ended up winning that event, mm. uh, and I well exceeded what my potential was because of basically being willing to go and see, seek out help from somebody who is an expert and just get those little things. Like most people would look at it and go, "You're doing really, really well. You know what you're doing. They look spot on." Like it's the it's the coach that understands the minute details the and how they can how they can apply that then allows you to level up in an instant mm. rather than maybe taking as Vic said, like two or three years worth of handstand work was got done in five minutes working on it with Rod. There's, there's two parts to this, right? Kind of like we can carry on and talk about the craft, which is the technical side of things, you know? Like, and I think it's safe to say that we'll always try to pursue, you know, that technical work and, and try to refine that and whatnot, and that again comes better. But I think Jake has mentioned this through his first mentor, Ivan. Was it Ivan? You know, yeah. Ivan just, you know, even Coco just then. I think what he's really kind of talking about there too is that the other side, which is the art of coaching, you know, so how to communicate, you know, kind of, he, who would have seen Jacob do, you know, or Rod could have seen me do a handstand and he could, he could have given me anything, but he just gave me the right thing that I needed at the right time. Mm. And that's what coaching allows you to do, that one-to-one allows us to do, you know, in a world where, you know, we've got fucking every answer that we need, you know, kind of uh, online, you know, the 10 step to do stone lifting or handstands or whatever kind of yeah. stuff. Like, Have you put that out yet? I haven't, no. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be available. Uh, <laughs> we'll drop the link below the yeah, 10.1. <laughs> royalties. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that, it's the combination of a bit of both. The art and, you know, yeah. kind of the, the science behind it. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, coming, bringing it back to the, the coaching side of things and whatnot kind of stuff. That also comes through time. I think mm. we've all, be, all have been impacted here. Um, by those great coaches, you know, kind of who've, 
shifted our whole paradigm around strands, movement, whatever it is, um, and it's because of those small details, those nuances, which which have impacted it not only in that time, but also kind of given us the platform to keep building. Mm. Um, and that shit you can't get on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One question I have, maybe this, maybe you can pick up on this, Rod, is I see a lot of people who are coming into it, and when I when I and probably for all of us, when I learned like personal training or learned the stuff, you know, it was basically it was fairly basic patterns compared to what like what we do now, what I like to do now. Like, and what I see now is a lot of people getting into the movement teaching, whatever it is, and because the first things they're seeing is you know, soft acrobatics or front levers and all this high level stuff, they're working on progressions for these things early because it feels like they have to go into them. My question is how much of a role, how important do you think it's been for you guys to have gone through that period where you're kind of just doing the basics, like hinges, pulls, basic pushes, whatever it is, before, because I know you, you went into movement pretty hard, but you already, you already had done a lot of time at the gym. How important is that, um, you know, if you were going to come into it now, would you go through that again or would you would you sleuth a little bit differently towards the movement stuff? You know, does, that, does that make sense? Uh, totally, but, but I guess my question is just, before you answer that question, is like, do all of us still do those basic stuff to this day? That's pretty much 90% of what I do now. Oh. Like, I don't, yeah. I do... Unless it's very, very close to a contest, I do basically like fundamental strength work 90% of the time and it's like a, a little bit of event training or a little bit of the technical stuff. Uh, and then when it gets close to an event, then it's like 80-20 like the other way around and 80% of workload is uh, the competition side and the really technical and the, the stuff that looks good on Instagram. That's why sometimes I go a little bit quiet in between is like the stones always look entertaining. I can't do handstands with my shirt off that rod. Uh, so I stick to that stuff. And then in between it's like, oh, it's just squats again. And people don't really care that much about squats. So I just like go to doing my own thing and sit back in the corner. And uh, But yeah, it's definitely like, I think most of us would probably say that it's like the fundamentals is like the 80% and it's like the 20%, the flashy stuff that everyone wants to be doing. Mm. I kind of work them in combination. So now. I'm always, yeah, even yeah. just now. Yeah. So, so say like a handstand uh, program or a session, I'm always working on the basics, like shoulder prep, uh, position work, things like that. It always comes up first and then I move to the next level. And yeah. I think the basics, the more you progress, maybe they kind of level up as well. Um, so it all depends on, because we've got all sorts of people coming in, like different ages, different backgrounds, people with injuries, things like that. Um, so we've got a class now that's specifically the, the basics. So Dan and Damo are teaching that one called Anti-Fragile. Mm -hmm. And we advertise that one as, you know, just mobility, stability, motor control, that kind of stuff. So yeah. people that are a little bit, oh, like I see all the handstands and I don't think my shoulders can handle it or I'm a little bit fearful, that's a good kind of progression for them to take some of those classes first and maybe only those classes, and then eventually progress to some movement classes yeah. where there is a, probably a little bit more high-level um, skills and strength work happening and yeah. mobility. Uh, but it's nice to have those options and also work them side by side, I think. Yeah, like hands down, I mean, as you said at the start of the podcast, you know, I think this is the second time, my second time here this week training, and both times you know, Rod's been here at least half an hour before doing those basic stuff. You know, um, even today when we were warming up, you know, we were just talking about, I think it took us half an hour to kind of get the body going. Mm. Um, 
so I think you know bringing things back to the basic like it's just just because I guess people don't see it in the background maybe that's why you know mm. kind of but um, think about the massive session that you said you know front lever simple whatever you want to call it but that what the basic allows us to do is, you know, kind of lay down that terminology or that way to communicate with each other, you know, kind of for our understanding, our awareness, then we can take that further. Mm. Uh, and that needs to be bolstered day in, day out. You know, that's the, the underpinning thing to all insta-likes and the fucking high-level movements, complex, most complex, whatever you want to call it, you know, kind of um, those fundamentals are essential. They're non-negotiable, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. a lot of the time as well, that's where you find people who are like stuck, not actually making progress. There's too much work at that top end where they're just practicing the advanced handstand drills or levers and they like, I can't get to the next one or I can't get the full lever ever. And you sit back and you look at it and it's like, okay, well, that, how, are your lats strong enough? How's your pull-ups going? And yeah. like, oh, I can do like one pull-up. So well, you're probably never going to get that if you can only do one pull-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those pieces there, like the, if the fundamentals aren't built and you're just spending time on the top end work, like you're not going to get very far with it. So I, I think that's probably why guys like Rod and Vic have had so much success in going into there because they had a lot of fundamental strength stuff first mm. uh, and then continuing to do that and recognizing that that's still an important part of the process the whole way through no matter what. So I think it's definitely a, a thing that becomes a limiter for people if, if they try to do the flashy stuff all the time and not spend that time on the foundations. That's mm. uh, only so far that you can go with that because there is times to really dive in on it and you can make really good progress in a short period of time, but it can only last a short period of time. Mm. And I think just to echo that too, kind of, you know, um, all the people that we're responsible for, so our clients, our tribe, um, they all go through this fundamental strength work, right? It's because of that, because of you know, we've laid down the language, we've laid down, you know, the, the foundation essentially where over the years now you've seen the same people evolve, mm-hmm. you know, become so much stronger and, and becoming high level essentially. Um, and A, that didn't happen overnight. Mm. B, we make it non-negotiable, you know, kind of to understand how, you know, your shoulder works for you, you know, what it takes to look after your shoulder for longevity, da 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 and then cool, like here are some tools and strategies to then build strip yeah um you know and that goes even seeing you know kind of the coaches at your place you know kind of uh and the events you know kind of uh it's been pretty epic you know your whole tribe like how many females lifted over 100 kilos every every one of them the other night uh so we had burgers beers and deadlifts last friday night uh and there wasn't a girl that went under 100 kilos uh that lifted on the night and there would have been close to 20 uh girls. that is Phenomenal, right? So I think we have only three females who can lift over, you know, 100 kilos essentially. Maybe four, right? But to have that, I mean, again, that didn't happen overnight. Mm. No, the first time we ever ran that, we had three. Uh, three over 100, and this time we had three over 150. Yeah. Uh, crazy. And different, 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 uh, the different what's it for for the gyms too. Yeah. Like strength focus versus probably like movement. You know what I mean? Yeah, we like... I, I think if you... I, that's the cool thing about this. I think if you're listening, it's like basically if you don't know... The reason why I was excited to get you three in is because it's three completely different what's it for. Mm-hmm. And it's to show that if you're coming into this thing, you don't need to follow a set path. You can go do more of what Jacob's doing. More, but you know what I mean? And they can all work, mm-hmm. which is cool. Okay, let's pivot quickly. Biggest challenge, biggest challenge, um, biggest mistake, like biggest thing that kind of 
caught, caught you off guard or you know um, you didn't expect in your let's say in your career whether that was um, you know when you just started or even more recently if there's anything that pops into mind um, first of all I don't want to live in regret I want to be here otherwise you know kind of if I can make those mistakes but having said that one number one thing number one thing that I would if I had the opportunity to go back would be seek out more help earlier. So I think what Jacob just said there kind of, you know, uh, around, you know, yes, I attended workshops, yes, I've made myself available, you know, kind of and invested and that kind of thing. But earlier on, I feel like if I had the opportunity again, I would double down on that even more. You know, so to spell that out a little bit so over the the first six years you know of my career essentially of coaching let's say you know i always had one big project on every year of learning um whether it be you know not just working on cadavers dissecting bodies through body works you know working on the osteopaths strength and conditioning whatever it is i would have just double down even more yeah. um the reason being uh you know i'm not an expert in any of those fields but the learnings from the, the experience from that um I, that, that i still apply today um, and now that I'm in a position where, you know, kind of, I, let's say, own a business, I'm doing what I want kind of stuff, like, those first six years is what really facilitated where I'm right now, mm-hmm. right? So my thinking is, if I could go back in time, and those first six years of time, knowing, cool, like, now's my fucking time to get in here, to learn as much as I can, to be exposed to as much as possible, um, and obviously it's, you know, limited or whatever kind of thing, but, yeah, i definitely kind of, you know, go do that again. Yeah. Uh, biggest mistake. I don't think we've made any like one big mistake that's kind of like uh, business ending or yeah, yeah. anything that's really horrific. Um, made a lot of mistakes throughout um, opening TMC, and we've just kind of learnt from them each time. So I've, like you said, you know, no regrets. Like I don't think if anyone, you know, even if I had the knowledge now to give myself like the printout. If I could go back in time and say, here's the printout of what you should be doing now, it still wouldn't work. Because there's all these different variables that come into play, um, different people, personalities, classes, all these different things come into it. So it's just like, I think you just need to keep constantly, have a curious mind, like we said before, like find the coaches that can help with the business, with um, psychology, all these different things that you can kind of pull together to create the best product possible to make sure that everyone's getting results and everyone's really happy and having a good time. and just constantly doing that. Know that you're gonna fail and then go, cool, like rework it, go again. Oh, it's better, cool. Oh, you fail again, go again, go again. And it's just like constantly like that. And it's still like this right now. Yeah. One thing that we are dialing at the moment, which I ha- wish I had more of a hand on, would be the numbers. So just the numbers behind the business in terms of like members, tax, things like that. We've got a bit of a massive tax bill. And uh, yeah, we'll be fine. Again, it's fine. It's just like a lesson to say, all right, it's a bit of a check-in to say you need to be working on this stuff. Like you need to be focusing on that a little bit more than what you have been as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Jacob. If anything yeah. comes to mind. Um, I don't think that was necessarily a mistake. Uh, like, but the biggest thing that I, I think that did make a huge difference and I probably hesitated on it for too long was, uh, was probably the mistake is really focusing on stepping up into a leadership space once we started having staff. Like, I remember we had a conversation at the start of the year and really what, what it came down to when, when we were talking about it was, it was like, okay, well, like, you need to step into a role as a leader for your staff rather than just expecting things to happen in a certain way. 
and I think when when we started to make that shift and uh, make time to be a leader and, and give clear directions on on what we needed from the team, it made a huge difference in terms of the actual like the whole culture within the team, the whole culture within the tribe. Everything stepped up a lot more, and it purely came down to where we might or it might have been easy to say, "Oh, this person's not doing their job here," or uh, "We need to collectively do this," but nothing's happening there. It's like uh, what it all came down to was. I wasn't stepping up in the way that I needed to to bring the, t the most out of the team. Mm. Uh, so I think I really would have taken ownership on that earlier. Would have been that responsibility the kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I'd probably go the other end now sometimes. Like, I'm probably over-responsible for things, but, like, that's okay. That's, that's the next lesson to learn. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think um, one that I can bring up that might be relevant for people listening is when, when my sister and I opened our gym in Melbourne, we opened in Melbourne, and I was based in Sydney, and I had nothing to do with social media. Basically, I came into Melbourne, and we opened in the middle of winter, and down there it's pretty dark. And, you know, six in the morning, no one's showing up. No network, zero connections. And we were fine because we got through that time, but it kind of taught me, like, okay, well, relationship it's like relationship is key if you're starting out now even if you're not going to open a space you don't know anything it's like if I'd have gone back I'd have been like okay cool we're gonna open and even even though it popped up like two three months later how can we build um, how can we build relationships? how can we build awareness yeah because yeah. it was like we were open and it was like who are you yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. it's completely different town and um, yeah but yeah cool okay uh, <clears throat> Let's move through the next one. Um, okay, specific. If you were starting now, you maybe thought, well, like one day I'd love to maybe own a gym or something. Or it might just be a little narrative of, I'd love to help people. I don't like the job that I have. I'd love to, I love doing this training and movement. Maybe there's a way I can wrap it all up. What would you do? What would be, say, like three, one to three steps? Let's, let's say specifically they've been training in a space for a while, so they've got some hands-on experience. They've been doing a little bit their whole life, but they're not expert level. They're not leading anybody. Uh, they're a participant. What are, the, what are your first steps? What does what your 2020 look like, if that's you? Shall I? I think number one priority for me would be environment. To put myself in an environment where I'm forced to level up in every aspect. You know, come to think of it, if I was up in Nui, I would make sure that I'm, you know, kind of part of this environment. You know, whether let's say, uh, from a training perspective, you know, I can go talk to Jacob like I did, you know, on Tuesday, kind of pick his brains and learn more from him and actually, yeah. You know, kind of get that hands-on experience through him, uh, like I did this morning. You know, come and be in this space. You know, kind of learn from Rod firsthand. Um, be in that environment, like the conversation we had for an hour today. You know, kind of at breakfast, which was around business and, and whatnot. You know, kind of that environment is something that um, everybody should be looking for. You know, because it helps level everybody up, and it gives on the other side. So let's say you know, it gives. Got an opportunity to 
I guess, articulate himself in a way that is obviously going to facilitate, you know, kind of my growth. Yeah. But then that's another tool in his book that he can use that. So it's a win-win situation, that environment thing. So to me, that environment is the most important thing, no matter where you're looking to level up in your life. So let's say if I was starting out, you know, um, you know, all those parameters, you know, I'm just, I've practiced a little bit, I'm not leading yet enough, cool. I'm going to surround myself with people who are leading, you know. I want to start a business. I want to surround myself with business owners who are owning, you know, running a successful business, so I can learn from their wins. But also, cool. Okay, this taxing thing is a real taxing is a real thing. Cool. I'm going to also learn from what not to do. Um, so that environment is probably the number one. Finding the people that are doing the thing that you want to do, like that, is just the most important thing. Yeah. It's like that seems so simple. So okay. like shadowing would be the first thing, and that's what I did when I first started. Oh, oh. I want to, maybe this will make, allow you to go deeper. Mm -hmm. Specifically, what does a person do if you're wanting to be part of said environment, find said people, knowing what you now know around social media, offline, are you, you know, the podcast finishes up and you want to do this, are you texting people? Are you dropping into classes? What are you actually doing specifically, like to be in that space to connect with these people? What's your go-to? Because remember, you're a natural connector. Like yeah. you, you, you. We're in your space. We're here. You naturally draw that. If that wasn't you, a little bit more introverted. What's the actual mechanical steps that need to happen? Yeah, like find the environment, the spaces that you want to be a part of, the people that you want to. Um, have in your life so it might be through Instagram or something like that just to search like local gyms in the area movement gyms strongman whatever it is find those people potentially train with them if you're training at another facility um, you can potentially like message the actual business page and ask them if you can come in and chat with them we've had heaps of people come in and just want to chat with us like they've got no intention of training they've they potentially want to open up a gym later on down the track and we just like give the time most people will say yes to that as well well, from my experience anyway. If I ask someone for something, hey, can you spend like half an hour with me? Offer them like a coffee or take them out for lunch or something like that, just to rack their brain and just to be like, just to gather that knowledge, just yeah. to be a part of it. That would, for me, seem like the easiest way. Okay. But it's fairly direct, so maybe there's another way around it. I don't know. No, I think like, it probably, I have like three main pillars of what, what creates like a world-class space in the fitness industry. And it comes down to like, one like one-to-one personal connection the ability to create rapport between two people the ability to create a community or like bring the energy in a room uh like group connection and then the third part is like the nuts and bolts of the training um and being able to coach that so figure out which part of it you're already good at and what parts you need more of and they're the people that you're going to need to uh learn off that's why i go to see vic and rod and that's why we come and hang out so i can learn off those other people because i'm really good on the nuts and bolts side I'm pretty good from working in PT, like direct one-on-one for five years that I was just doing that. I got really good at one-on-one rapport, but the bit that I I probably missed more than anything was bringing the energy to a room and creating the environment for for what your gym's about or what what you believe in. So that's where I'd sort out people for that specifically. So like figure out what those things are that you need from a personal level to become a world-class coach and then dive in. Because it might not necessarily be like, I don't spend a lot of time doing gymnastic strength stuff or like the acrobatics and that sort of thing, but there's still a lot that I can learn off coming and hanging out with, uh, with Rod in terms of 
the how to engage people in a group and that's that's really when when we come it's like all right i'll I'll have a play around with this i'm probably not going to be exceptional at it and i might learn some cool tricks that i can use for my own training or with my own clients but i'm really looking at the art form of it and then yeah that's probably the thing that you need to find more so because you can learn the nuts and bolts of the training and all the nuts and bolts of business and like that sort of stuff you can kind of get from the textbook in a lot of ways but you can't get that art side without actually seeing it firsthand and understanding what that's like so that's stuff that you can get from just whoever has it not necessarily who who's doing the exact same thing that you want to run and that's then it's contact them like everyone everyone in the fitness industry i feel like is pretty reasonable mm. uh when when you reach out to them because i think there's not many people that aren't in it for the right reasons uh everyone that i've ever met when it's like hey dude like i'm really interested in this like how you run this i always get like a a single like line message that asks asks them a question i get an essay back with like you can do it this way blah 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 like really really expanded because everyone's got time for you if you're willing to ask mm-hmm. uh, and that was something that i was really hard with i was like i don't want to bother other people like they're not going to respond they to me they always say yes too yeah. right? There's, uh, yeah. but then other people would ask me and i'd have no, no problem giving a response and then i was like well just be willing to reach out is a big thing. Like you, you can't be scared of it as much as it does seem scary. Uh, but that's how you actually get the growth and the learning from it. So you reach out and it's like, hey, can I come and check out your space? Most of the time people are like, yep. Like it might be that you might have to fork out some money. We have, I think, four, five other coaches that train with us at our space. And I know Vic's got his coaching development program, which is a little bit more of a formalized setting to pick up those little pieces that you don't understand. Uh, and Yes, it's a bit of an outlay in money, but like I know all the coaches that have gone through that are more than happy to pay it because they know what they're getting in value from mm. it. And I met one of Vic's uh, coach, now coaches, but previous to that, interns, that went through under him, and he was very, very grateful for what Vic's been able to, to bring to him and help him with his coaching. And uh, it was quite a nice conversation to uh, when I met Seb the other day, and it was very much of that he was not only like, so stoked that he was a part of the space and it really really brought a lot to him but you could tell how much that how much respect he had for Vic and what he'd been able to help him with mm. I think like anything just to come back to the step one to do two is you know kind of it's like anything starting a relationship it's you know mm. it's also how you ask those questions kind of thing but you had to be willing to put yourself forward right um using Seb as an example you know he was all the way in Florida you know kind of um, you know we started doing running internships um and they're 12 week long, you know, kind of, and they're probably more intensive than, I don't know, personal training, educations, or whatever it is kind of stuff, you know. Um, but there are things out there, you know, kind of, um, that allow you to develop yourself, you know, so it's, it's, it's everybody said here, but it starts by simply asking the question. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, kind of like, there's that energy outlay. You know, there's that grind, there's that waking up at five o'clock, you know, there's that, you know, I'm going to travel, you know, for an hour and go learn and be mentored or whatever it is. Um, and just be exposed, mm. exposed to the work. Um, and that, you know, coming back to, if I could go back, you know, kind of 10 years, that's what I would do more of. Yeah. Um, because there's, I think there's, there's also like a, a limited time to do that, I think, you know, yeah. kind of now that we have responsibilities that we can't readily go away. Unlike your Rod Cooper, where you can go away for four weeks. <laughs> but having said that, you know, kind of in all his defense, you know, Teams has been alive for five years and he's got to this position now that he can go away for four weeks. Yeah. You know, he's got amazing people around him, amazing team around him who can hold a ship, not only hold a ship, but actually 
not just hold the standard, but raise the standards. It comes back to asking as well. Like I've got the people working for me now because I ask the question. I'm mm. like, hey, you're like really good at training or teaching, coaching, whatever it is. Do you mind? Or even some of the, the sales and the admin type roles. You're really good at that. Like, can we get your help? Like, can you come and work for us? Yeah. And the answer is always yes. Yeah. So basically to recap it, is if you're at all interested in going down the path, it's to make the connections, whether that's going in for classes, offering to clean the gym in exchange for like picking their brain, whatever. And then from there, and bring the self-awareness of what you don't know, which I thought was a great ad. And then from there, like Vic mentioned, or even Jacob is looking for that next vessel that's going to allow the bigger transformation, whether that's project-based learning or a coach's development thing or something where you're going to get kind of pushed a little bit further and learn and grow sort of that way. Um, Just, you know, go for it. If, what's the other side to that? What's the downside to that? If you don't ask the question, well, you don't get anything. Mm -hmm. There is no development. There is no growth. You know, if there is no push, there is no growth. Yeah. I think, know, it's, I think, I think there's fear, though. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think there's fear of... Um, who am I to ask? These guys are guys and women are really busy. Um, I wouldn't know what to do. I was in that boat for a very yeah. long period of time, you know, and yeah. that's what led me to, I guess, work in isolation. Yeah. You know, the reason I was on YouTube for a long period of time and, you know, trying to get, even attending, you know, um, workshops or whatever, and then making those connections firsthand, which is amazing, you know, that we can, great, but then being fearful to contact these people. Mm. You know, I was more like thing. you. I was more like grind, figure it out, find someone, then grind. And you know, and, and wasn't this is why I'm gonna not, I'm not gonna put that down as a as a regret or anything like that. But it is a learning nevertheless. You know, mm -hmm. kind of like essentially what you just said, the grinding the workout versus why we're trying to reinvent the wheel. Like it's it's much easier, be better. You know, kind of, and it helps elevate both parties mm -hmm. to ask. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, that fear is the first thing. It's pretty much the only thing really, because. You know, if there's no fear, oh sorry, yeah. fear is the only thing that stops us, right? So it's, can we deal with that? Can we embrace that fear? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say, no, I don't, I don't have any time. I don't have the space. Whatever it is, then cool. You move on and you find a different solution, you know? Um, yeah. And sometimes, you, like, as you said earlier, it's like the value to both parties is a big thing. So it's like, how can something else of a skill set that you have help that other person? Mm. If you really, really want to get in... Like back when I was working at Welfit, uh, one of the guys, one of the owners there, Brendan, one of the smartest guys in business that, I, that I've met. And uh, I essentially, at one point, because I did a lot of stuff in terms of like, understanding how, pretty much how Excel worked and like the basics of a lot of little uh, finicky stuff on the internet and uh, that I was able to offer and help out with a lot of the systems and the back end stuff and just even project thinking for welfare in the business there and like running ideas back and forth and doing a little bit of work that he basically took me in and taught me so much more in that 12 months because I could do this one little thing for him. Mm. Uh, and those little things is like, you wouldn't think that knowing how to do Excel spreadsheets was, was a huge value for somebody in fitness business, but really like it just depends on what that, that person needs. Yeah. So it's like, where, what other skills do you have from your previous jobs? Uh, that could actually help that person. Like as Rod said, there's people that are admins and sales, stuff like that, that can come in and do stuff. Uh, if you're in a position where sales is a big thing for you and the job that you're 
you're in one, you've already got a leg up in fitness business once you go into that, but that could be something that you could come on board and be able to help one of your mentors be able to make sales for that gym. So his business is going to be more successful. Mm. So it's, I guess, finding skills or seeing what skills that you have that are actually really transferable to a lot of other spaces. Like we're now looking at our team and like seeing how we can get them to do media production content. Uh, and those sort of things is like if you just know how to use a microphone and a camera and a pod like set up like that is like you could be doing a lot of stuff that adds a lot of value for that other person they can't take on right now yeah and I, there's, I, yeah there's like a huge upside to that because there's actually so much growth for them for in them. doing that you know yeah. kind of two you know it's only what two years ago that I was still super fearful getting from camera in fact today to this day I still am you know what I mean like I it's like take 20. I'm down to take three now, but you know what I mean? Kind of like, it used to be like, you know, thousand three years ago. You know, you've kind seen of the growth from you exposing yourself to it frequently, yeah, so you it, know it's going to help them to ask them to start to do it. Yeah, you know, and There's so much tension there with our staff, getting them to, to get in front of the camera, but we yeah. know it's beneficial at some yeah. stage. And you know, what that does, and again, this is the intangible stuff now, that's why it's so hard to articulate, but the growth that comes out of it is that a confidence in being able to say the message right, to mm. keep it succinct, you know, mm. kind of, and it takes practice. It takes practice like just like the physical domain. You know, like fucking how many handstand kickers have we done? It's you know what I mean? Like it, he didn't get over this shit like you know, he was in one arm handstands, you know, kind of and how many squats have we done? You know, it's it's crazy. You know what I mean? Kind of like so to do small things like this, which is again, it's fearful. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of resistance and barrier around like, oh well, it's me putting myself out there or me having to put this creator's hat on or whatever it is. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I think just to recap that, if you're looking to get insight from women, men who are leading, running the space, basically the gyms are running, there's a sales side, there's a marketing side, which includes all the content creation. There's a hardware gym cleanliness side. There's a number of places where you could literally walk in and say, hey, like I know how to do Instagram stories really well can I film half your classes on a Wednesday in exchange for, can you bring value even first for a while with no ask? But, you know, that's a way of thinking too. That's a whole nother conversation. But I think what's being cool there is like, if any of you had somebody come from that generosity side, I'm sure you'd give them 40 minutes or an hour or a day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a great trade for both sides. I, I, I'll happily sit down, you know, kind of on a Zoom call across two states in Europe or whatever kind of thing. I've done that a number of times. Yeah. Last couple of years, you know, and it's just an hour chat, um, just talking, yeah. you know, kind of the ins and outs and whatnot kind of stuff. And going back to, you know, it's, this is not just people who are in the coaching, but they're also business owners kind of stuff. Um, and there's, there's two-way street still, you know what I mean? Kind of like... I get to learn from what they're currently doing or what they have been exposed because I can ask those questions too. Um, and there'll be some gold in there, you know, mm. kind of where I'm like, oh, I hadn't even thought about it that well. way. And you get to refine your message as well. So Ooh. they ask a question that you've never been asked before about your business and you go, oh, and then you have to kind of figure out a way to kind of articulate articulate that in a way that, that's, that they can understand and that they can take and implement. Yeah. So then you get to refine your process. Yeah. Super valuable. Okay, I'm going to go to a last question, then you can we can anything. I want to talk about um, content. One thing that Jacob mentioned a few moments ago was talking to the staff in terms of how they can help with media. My personal view is that um, just for context, I think a lot of the organic reach is going to be a bit of a hurdle for people in the next few years. 
But one way that when you watch the consumer, how we're living, one way to think about your business, whether it's a gym or a cafe, is that you've kind of got the media arm, which is like if you think about what I'm doing right here, there's no, this is not linked to sales. This is not linked to the program. There's, there's nothing off this. It's this long-term, slow, hopefully value-add that's entertaining or educational. And I think five years ago that didn't exist. It was like a picture of you up on the rings and that was an ad to try to get leads or whatever. I know you were documenting your process, both of you, for longer. Um, but I think it's really starting to shift just because of the volume. My question is, so that's just personal bias or personal view, but my question for you guys is, when you think about content and you think about people who are just starting or partway along the journey, how would you embrace this digital arm, the media arm, the Instagram, Facebook, whatever people are into, knowing that you're very well aware that you're not an expert and you're not a teacher yet, but you're looking to use it. What does that look like for you? How do you, you know, because you've got a double-edged sword of fear now, it's like not just putting it out, but who am I to put it out because I'm not a teacher yet or other people are doing it better or blah, blah, blah. How, how do you start to use it? Maybe it's how you're using this stuff now, but what's your mindset around, I call it communications, but around the media, around social media, whatever? Yeah, I think like, there's a few different ways and avenues that you can take it and it's all very dependent on like your personality like uh rod's very much of documenting of what's going on around the gym and like the thing that really draws a lot of people into that is like it's when they watch it through their phone it's like they're the so rod's got like 30 people in a class some days so maybe like they're the 31st person in the classroom there so it's like they're a part of that uh which is a super cool way of doing it obviously if you're just starting out and you don't have like 10 clients in the room or whatever that might be like you might need to take a different angle and sometimes that might be just seeing what value you can add like yeah you might not be the world's best coach at that point but the person who you're targeting at that point isn't going to be a world-class athlete that's needing the most refined detailed program uh, and even there most of those guys just need the simple stuff anyway but you could be just going with okay well here's like a good fundamental starting point for people like uh, here's how you should eat most of the time for most people and it's like basic unprocessed foods or that sort of stuff like I know there's plenty of early coaches or new coaches that put out content that's just very simple like that and that's a great starting point and it's it's valuable to a lot of the people who are going to be in your audience there and as you progress your way up then you can take on different stuff like but the, the probably trick would be master one thing first mm -hmm. like now we're like we've got audio, video, both going on the podcast, you're going to take snippets of that to Instagram stories and Instagram TV and all, like all these different platforms that you'll get repurposed from this one piece. But to start off with, instead of trying to do all of them, just try to get really, really good and consistent at one. Mm -hmm. It's probably the biggest tip. And then, and then figure out what's your own voice in that space there. Like, test the waters. Are you great at video? Like Vic said before that it took him a long time until he's comfortable on video. Like, I wouldn't have ever seen that from the outside in. All of his videos have always looked really, really good. Can we see the outtakes at some stage? We'll just chuck it on the back end of the video here. You've got to watch till the end. Yeah. Um, but things like, like Vic's really, really handy on video now. I don't do a lot of video content myself. Like I, I do a lot more of the podcast stuff. I've done blogs in the past and whatever I've been feeling, but a lot of the video stuff had been 
um, my business partner Nathan being managing a lot of that because he really enjoyed the video side. Um, and then we didn't do a, a lot of stuff that's like a, like you're in the room, like what Rod does. That's what's worked for him. We went a lot on the educational side, a little bit more set up, like the cameras set up and I guess more professional, but not in the room sort of stuff. And that's where we've identified as like, that's our biggest opportunity is that side of stuff. Contextual. So, yeah, so it's, figure out what's, what works for you. And then you probably have to spin it in different ways because people do get stale of the same stuff as well. So. For sure. I think Rick, kind what of, would you do? I mean, the thing is, I guess the listener, you got to understand we're, we're all talking through heavily biased lenses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But doing our best with empathy based off what we hear from others, how would you start off? You know, you got a, you got 50 people following you and you're trying to move into this space. I'll always, always say, you know, by, I'll always stand by doing things with the other person in mind, you know. Like, when we first start out, I think what we've spoken about previously, you know, foundation, laying that foundation, all the work that doesn't get shown or whatever kind of thing, maybe you can start showing that. You know, so for myself and Rod, it started initially by um, almost like a journaling of our practice, what we're, what we're up to, and making it as more of a... Um, a journey that we can reflect on, essentially, right? And then it grew into what it is today. So going back, you know, kind of number one advice, like Jacob said, is take that exactly where it's at. You know, kind of you're just starting out. You're looking to um, essentially practice, you know, kind of how to communicate your message to the people you want to work with. Mm -hmm. And that's okay if you don't know that yet. You know, but it's really, really important that you start doing so. Mm -hmm. So may, that may start with just you initially, you know, kind of doing a, whatever movement, whatever strength work, whatever advice, tips, suggestions, whatever it may be that you believe in. Mm -hmm. um, and practicing that, you know, I really liked what Jacob said around, you know, um, it's a practice, not in just in terms of posting things up, but in able to articulate yourself. You know, you would, if you go look at Jacob, if you go look at yourself, if you go look at Rod's, you go back far enough, you will see this evolution happen. Mm -hmm. You know, so the person who's just starting out, even that, it depends where they are in their journey. You know, some people may not have been exposed to any strength work or, or movement type of work and they're just literally just starting out. Cool, it's an amazing opportunity to start to, you know, kind mm -hmm. of build that up. Mm -hmm. You know, make, make us part of that journey. Mm -hmm. um, some people may have five years under their belt. You know, and, and are familiar with the terminologies and can do whatever may not, may, may not be refined. Cool, take us on a journey. You know, meet that person at that level. Um, but the key thing here is start to do, um, because only then can we start to refine and build and whatnot kind of stuff. Mm. I was just going to say that you can learn from putting it out there as well. So if you're putting it out there and you're not at the high level um, that you want to eventually become, if you put it out there, other people might comment on it and say, hey, like, have you tried this, mm. things like that. So then that starts the connection, the communication with other people that are interested in the same thing. Mm. So the way that I started, like Vic was saying before, over in Canada, I know nothing now, and I knew nothing then, but I just wanted to share. But whatever I was doing, I was posting it. So mm. twice a day, I think morning and night, I'd do like hand balancing sessions, or is it origins parkour, doing acrobatics and flips, and probably looked terrible. I've looked back at the photos and stuff like that, and it's horrendous, but it didn't matter. Like it, didn't, it kind of inspired some people that I knew back in Newcastle that didn't know me as this movement person uh, to get into it. So when I came back, it was like there was this excitement around it because I'd shown my progress over the last two years. 
and it wasn't at a high level, I wasn't calling myself an expert at all, but just by sharing it every single day to say this is the process, it's more relatable like that as well. If you only show like the best things, then like I'm working on that split you saw me do it this morning, the, the split where you slide down and then slide back in, I can get to maybe a little bit beyond shoulder width before I come back in. Eventually I'll get it, but if I wait and wait and wait and wait, 12 months, 2 years before I get it and I post that video, yeah like some people say oh yeah that's amazing but I think you can grab a few people on the way and show them that so they get inspired because that's what yeah. it's all about, getting them in and going hey like we're not superhuman like you know Vic's worked hard to do this, you know everything that he can do so showing the stuff along the way which he does and same with um, Jake as well seeing his progress to lifting these you know 100 500 kilo stones or whatever they are, um, it didn't start like that. And yeah. he's shown the progress so people can say, oh wow, actually, you know, he didn't start out lifting this gigantic stone, he started with a small one and built up. So I think it's super important to show yeah. the progress. Right yeah. at the top of that advice would be the other side, which is just came to mind as you said that. You know, I, I briefly said it's always with the other person in mind. Don't do this if you're starting out for the likes for the yeah. engagement. Do yeah. not go with that fucking headspace. Yeah. That is like, we need to speak that volume. Yeah. You know, kind of like, mm -hmm. it is, it doesn't fucking matter, no one fucking likes or whatever kind of shit. Yeah. This is what I meant by, by doing, you know? Um, and then and this comes back to that fear, you know, it takes a certain level of um, self-awareness and I guess kind of confidence to put yourself out there, right? Mm. You know, and then to kind of dictate how that progresses on basis of what someone else is saying or doing or whatever kind of stuff, that's bullshit. Mm. So again, it, you have to do this, you know, kind of with, okay, cool, this is originally maybe for me, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to build this out for the person that I spoke to today, or the person that I saw yesterday, or the question that I was asked, whatever it is, but it's always this one-to-one -one kind of thing, mm. you know, keep it small, and, you know, yeah, if you get five likes or 500 likes, cool, you know, you've been noticed, that's awesome, you know, like, then you can start to kind of go up and whatever algorithms and fucking podcasting and fucking this and that, whatever kind of stuff, take it to the next level, but... It has, to be no, it has to be based in the value in the first place. Oh, there I, think, I think um, I'll let you ref for a sec, Jacob, but one thing quickly is like, if you're listening, if it may feel like we're over-indexing on things like content, communication, all of this stuff, but it's only, and this could be me projecting here, but if you get 40 leads to your business tomorrow and you don't have the communication stuff down, you're screwed beyond two weeks from now. So basically from, a, from my kind of bias on this right brain side of business, it's like content is simply an extension of communication. It's online, it's a little bit different mindset, but really it's like communicating value or what you're about or entertaining or whatever. And you can, you can see like when you're in the businesses for a while, like, yeah, there's lead gen, but then there's brand, there's marketing, there's, you know what I mean, there's communications. What resonated for you? Like, what would you jump on? How would you go about it? Anything else that popped up? Yeah, the, the other thing that really popped up there when uh, Vic mentioned of, like, don't do it for the likes, is, like, the likes doesn't always equal clients either. Like, if, if the goal is clients, like, there's, I don't know, I have probably one of my most liked videos is uh, when I was playing around with doing, like, handstands into, like, forward rolls and stuff like that. And I landed on the back of my head on this one. It was, like, tried to kick my way up went to go over, I wasn't going far enough, and like I landed on the back of my neck and just rolled my way out, and I was like, holy shit, like, but that had heaps of likes, heaps of engagement, because everyone thought it was funny, but like, nobody's gonna sign up to my gym because they saw me land on, on my head. 
like they might find it entertaining and like I think that's part of it and showing that your failures is obviously important but then there's also like um, there's things that are actually providing value and that's where it's like understanding who's the, the client you're after and, and that might only get five likes instead of your normal 20 because it's only speaking to five people and those, but those five people are going to have taken more value from that which might end up turning that into where they do message you and go hey, this was really, really, really good. This is definitely what I need. Uh, how, to, how can I work with you? So mm. being clear on that. And, and probably one of the things that I haven't maximized is like, like document the stuff that you actually use and then be able to reuse that again because you, you don't need to write, say it's the like five best reasons to use a squat in your training. Like if you don't put it somewhere where you can reuse it later and you just post it up and it's there, then you're just going to waste time. And like we, we all know that time's like a hugely valuable asset, particularly once you are down the path of running your business and you have full days of coaching. Like we don't have time to, to write the, this long extended post, but if you can write something that's super valuable and then maybe all you need to do the second time you try to use that one eight weeks, 12 weeks later or whenever that is, is maybe refine the message a little bit more. See where you maybe just spun your words a little bit longer than you needed to and how could you make it a little bit more succinct, a little bit more to the point, uh, and use that over time, but then save that one and then try to redo it again and see how you can save yourself time in the future by developing this uh, on-brand content that you can reuse over time. Because like, I think there's probably been a hundred times where I've written virtually the same idea or the same post over, over and over again in the few years that I've been putting out content. And mm. That's obviously something that's, if I continue to do that over the next 10 years in business, it might be a, it could have saved a few days if I just yeah. put everything down. I know you're big on just um, not to spoil secrets, but go back and look at what's resonating and bring okay. it back out. For sure, like the the whole reflective process, you know, yeah. kind of where I guess to be super clear here, I think what you're alluding to is like you know I go back a year, you know, previous so this time last year, see what I was putting out there, you know, oh yeah, I remember that message. Cool, I'm gonna put that out again. Mm. You know, and then, cool, how can I refine that? How can I make that better? How is it more relevant now? Or is it still relevant? Do I just put it out? I will do this constantly. Yeah. Um, because then what that does is then kind of brings to the forefront mind, you know, like let's say if we're in a, you know, we're currently in a place that we weren't last year, like period. You know, we might be a little bit better off, uh, hopefully not worse off, but some of the context, as you just said there, like doesn't change. You know, somebody just Training starting principles out. principles and things like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a nice reminder when I go through this process time after time, um, when I look at my own tribe's evolution, their journey, you know, the movement improvements, movement improvements that we showcase and all that kind of stuff, it just reminds me, I'm like, holy shit, they have come a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, the improvements, the refinement they've made, you know, they've evolved so much in, in a short space of time, in a year. Um, and I, it's an opportunity for me to then go down and go, hey, I just saw this. Yeah. You know, like, hey, and it's another way to connect with my clients, you know, from my tribe and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's a huge piece, you know, the content. Going back to the person that's potentially starting up. Yeah, that's I think what we're that's talking important. About, yeah. um, for them to document it, for them to just be posting daily to show what they're working on and then for them to flick back in like 
12 months ago and see what yeah. they were working on and see how far they've come. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we work on is not so quantifiable as well. So maybe there's a few things that they see and they're like, oh, wow, like, you know, I was working on this thing 12 months ago and I've made so much progress, but they haven't realized it. They haven't retested it. So they don't know how far they've come until they see the photo, like mobility, strength, whatever it is. Mm. You can kind of use it as a bit of a... Um, uh, Journal. journal, yeah. yeah. So it's like Actually, a training just, journal. Just to add to that, so the coaches in AIM Academy, you know, kind of a lot of these people haven't done the, the pancake testing or the back bridge or, you know, said mobility or whatever kind of stuff. Um, and we make it a point, you know, kind of a cool, this is where we're at. 12 weeks down the line, the things that we've worked on, cool. The things we haven't worked on, we still kind of test. Three months down the line, six months down the line, and there's this progress. Yeah. You know, and to see that first time unfold, just the the understanding, like the journal, or to keep track of where your work is, like it just makes sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think I think just to recap um, and bring some specifics. So you know, you guys have been doing this for whatever 10, 15 years, cumulative all this time. If you're starting out, you're, if anything, looking to do more than what you guys are doing because you don't have 35 contact hours of coaching a week or whatever. So communication is communication. If you're just beginning, find ways to communicate. One that I really like that maybe could add value is um, if I was starting, I would be looking to connect and interview the expert, and document and share that because that documentation of I'd sit with Jacob, it's exactly what I'm doing right now. But I, I like to create the platform to learn and then share that because then what happens is you you can find audience, you can connect with other people, and now we have the means to do it super simply. You know, you could screenshot the text rod back and forth and screenshot. Hey, do you mind if I share this on my story? Screenshot it. That person could share some of the insights they picked up of you in the context of the message. That's content for them that's generated through the expert, and then you might reshare that. And there's really cool ways to... Um, there's just some thoughtful ways you can do it now that blow me away. The, the opportunity blows me away if you were just starting. You couldn't be the information hub versus the expert, you know, and get traction that you way. You won't be the expert in the beginning. You won't yeah. be, and that's cool, you know. Like Joe Rogan interviews people who, like Kelly Slater, he, Joe Rogan's not a surfer, but you, he's on the platform, you know. Um, so, yeah, just to quickly reiterate, communication, this whole thing, <clears throat> Outside of your time that you would spend practicing or training or learning the craft, you've got this whole other arm of whatever you want to call it. You know, and I think people start out and they're like, well, I'm not an expert, so I'm probably not going to share as much as you guys. It's kind of the opposite. You've got more time, share more, connect more, because that's the space where you can over-index because you don't have to run a gym yet. Yeah, for sure. No, that's huge. And it's uh, something that I think we spoke about a little while back was that like getting started you've only got, as you said, so limited amount of like coaching hours or whatever that might be. So you've got a lot of time for the outside stuff. And this goes back to where we said of how can you provide value if you tune it, if you want to find somebody like Rod or Vic to learn off is like when you get to the point where like Vic's got a wait list at his gym now uh, and he's still managing fine time to produce the content and that side of stuff. But now it's like for him to grow anymore, even though there's only a limitation on how much he can with the wait list is like now he needs more like actual work on this content, the communication side of stuff, to continue to grow because he's got more people in the gym. So there's like to get more and more than that, you need to actually spend more time on it. But your time starts to get more, more and more limited as you've got more coaching, you've got more staff to manage, you've got 
more bookkeeping or all those other things that are involved in the business that are less of the funner side of stuff or more time consuming. So it's definitely why you've got the time, make the most of it and then help yourself set up for down the road when you're not going to have the time so that you can still maximize it because you don't get away with doing less of it once you've got more clients. You mm. actually need to do more because retention's a huge thing down the road. Like the bigger you get, like Rod's got the uh, most amount of members out of all of us, and I'd say that like Rod at times has said to me that it's like because there's more members, there's also going to be more. Like most people say, it's a percentage of people that you have in retention that like fall off each month, and more members overall means that that percentage is higher. So you need to bring in more people again. So you can't slacken off with the the communication side of stuff because you've got more members you actually need to do more to keep more members mm. I want to go I want to I want to just pause on the um, content thing because we could go for a long time uh, but we'll have some specific I think resources down that area um, there already are or soon so just to recap it and then we can um, answer one question or a couple questions that we got and then wrap it up because I think we're close on time how are you on time I'm good. Okay. okay. So to re- to recap, and if I've forgotten something, you guys jump in. Uh, specifically, if you're starting out, you're wanting to coach, want to be a trainer, want to own a gym down the line, the first thing was to position yourself in an environment. So basically, you're going to, of course, have to practice the craft. That's a long time. You know, you guys were doing something for five, ten years. Doesn't mean you need that long before you necessarily teach, but it's going to take a while to kind of grow in this space but outreach Can I jump on that as well yeah uh, the other thing is like when we all started there wasn't this like there wasn't as many people around to learn off so i think like the rate at which you can learn and the rate at which you've got the opportunity now is so much more like we've got one of our coaches has only really been training in gym for like six months to or six months with us before he started coaching and like 18 months prior to that by himself uh, like and he's a really, really good coach, really great connector of people. But because he's had more exposure to that top level, like he's well in exceeding like the rate at which I develop as a coach mm. because he's got people to learn off. Yeah. Uh, so you, you might not need this five, ten years that we all had uh, to start off with because like if you actively want to go and learn off people. Totally. If you want to do it by yourself, like we kind of did to start off with and like having little influences along the way, it might take you that time. Well, and he's, Nick, it's Nick. Yeah. His, his expertise will just compound as his training age goes up as well because yeah. more dots are going to connect. Like that training age, there is a value in training age, I feel, or business age or whatever. Sure. That, but he's getting like soft skills early mm. and how cool is that? Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you stay in your garage by yourself, you kind of missed that whole train. Yeah, there was yeah. no template for us and there still isn't. So we're still kind of pushing the limits of where we want to take our businesses. Um, but if someone wants to start out, obviously we've been there and done that. So ask the people that have done it and because yeah. we've got the, the template to start up for sure. Yeah, I think kind of just add to that, you know, it's not just business. I think it's just the personal side of things, you know, kind of like we've well, essentially obviously business is an extension of us, you know, kind of but personally starting out, you know, just we had no blueprint, mm-hmm. you know, so that... 10 years of experience for the kind of thing, what we're saying here is like, cool, there are things that we've learned in there which is intangibles, which is, you know, kind of we still have to experience that kind of stuff. This doesn't mean somebody else has to do my way or Jacob's way, whatever no. kind of stuff. We can still double down in that time and, and, and get straight from the source, yeah. you know, be part of the, uh, the environment, expose themselves to more kind of stuff. Concentrated on yeah. And yeah. there's no reason why that person, let's say, you know, 10 years at a macro level, spends you know, three years, three years, three years, and there's going to be 
way Dominic. greater and better than us. Yeah. You know what I mean? That guy can't go to the gym in Newcastle. Or just, he'll put me and Rod under. He's going to Sydney with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got your time in the trenches, but you're going to love that anyway. You've got your outreach to basically you guys, like how can I add value to you in exchange to pick your brains on things. From there, where can I go deeper? Whether that's in your classes for a while, whether that's a coach's specific program or a mentorship or something uh, non-concrete, whatever. And then we've got start documenting where you're at, learn to use basically develop your media arm even if you're at ground zero in terms of experience because one day you're going to need it effectively. It's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. It's your marketing. It is now. It's like, like You might is. have been able to get away with it five years ago, ten years ago. Not anymore. Yeah, that's what I think and I keep I keep doing a check like am I am I crazy or is it really a non-negotiable? I think it's a non-negotiable. I think For sure. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and you in, are the brand in this industry. at the start as well. In any industry. Mm. Yeah, I've th- often thought about like some offline bespoke online. cheer maker or something who could be offline and not do it. Yeah, but who knows about, about that the other person? Day. Who knows about you, that They person? still need something. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it, that's, at that, that's the level that I'm talking about. It doesn't need to be Coca-Cola is what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's people need to know who you are and what is it you do. Yeah. And how is it that you can help them. Yeah. Simple. You know, in, in order to kind of take that responsibility from our end, we're going to be better at the things that we want to do for the people we want to do it with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a two-way street. Yeah. And it's also asymmetric trade for zero downside. Mm. Um, okay, questions. One specifically came through for Rod is, um, so Rod, you're, you're able, the first time I met you, there were like 20 people around you. I think the second time there were probably 30 people around you. You're able to bring people together really powerfully. Um, if somebody wanted to maybe practice that way of being and step into that as kind of a um, way of enrollment. They want to maybe, it, it could be different. It could be, you know, to create a nonprofit or it could be to um, do a, you know, do a fun run or a charity run. It's something. What's something you could add to maybe someone who didn't feel like they naturally had that? How could they practice this, boost this, amplify this? It's a tough question. Uh, I think it comes back to like sharing what I'm doing. So then that, then the people that I want to be around and the people that want to be around me will just gravitate towards me. So I'll put the message out there to say like in the beginning or even now to say, hey, we're going to to do a play session down the park. And the people that want to turn up, that want to learn, that want to have fun and and play with us will turn up. If nobody comes, do you sit in the corner and cry? No, it's fine. Like uh, that happens a bunch of times. That's the real risk, right? No one's gonna. Yeah, and then it's cool. And that happened with a bunch of classes. Like when I first started out, some classes were busy. Busy meaning like we had eight people in a class, so I was super stoked. Like in the early days. Totally. And some days I'd turn up and no one was there. And I didn't ever sit in the corner and like bang my head against the wall or have a cry about it. I utilized that time to go, okay, cool. Why didn't anyone turn up? It's because people didn't know about it. Maybe there's um, people were busy. There's all these different reasons, but you've just got to just get back up and go again. So yeah. I utilized that time to figure out, maybe I did another post to say, you know, just to add more value and more exposure and things like that to what, what I've created and what I'm doing and what I'm passionate about. Uh, to get more people inspired or on board with the ideas that we have. You're just being super consistent with it because you still do it to this day. You just do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like a, a big part of that though is like it's all about creating opportunities for it. Like 
a lot of people wouldn't think, of, they're like, where can I get 30 people to turn up with me? Like, you're just like, where can I get a couple? Yeah, uh, yeah I remember it, times yeah. where it's like, oh, we're, just, we're going down to Dixon Park Beach, who wants to come? And I'd see it like, I would be like four hours too late because I wasn't on my phone. I'm like, damn, that would have actually been fun to go today. Mm. Uh, but so you're not always going to get everyone, but it's like, yeah. you just, I, I think from the outside in, it's like you were just constantly creating opportunities for yeah. people to come people along. To step into it. And then over time, that sort of facilitated itself and more and more people came because. The, time, the last time they came, there was 10 people, and they're like, that was heaps of fun. I'm going to go, and I'm going to bring my friend next yes, time. Yes, exactly. I, I think that you've just been, one, super consistent with it, but you were just always creating an opportunity to bring people together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an awesome thing. H- hands down, like, having been attendant, you know, kind of to a few of these events, you know, kind of impromptu or whatever you want to call them kind of stuff, there's a, there's a certain level of kind of, you know, joy in it for you too, right? Well, that's what I mean. If no one turns up, I'm still having a fucking great time. Like, I'm good, because I'm going to practice my handstands, do some flips, whatever, go surfing. It doesn't matter. So yeah. it doesn't matter if I'm it, the only person. It was, it was epic on, um, was it Monday we trained? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, we did tomorrow morning, because like, we're going to have a class here, then we'll probably go down to the beach, maybe do handstands, you know, do some coffees or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, it depends on what time I wake up. You know, two hours later, I see this like you know video. He's like now inviting everybody, and it's like on like this platform, that platform. <laughs> I did share it with stuff. everyone actually. Yeah. Um, I was like, cool. You know, it, it brings joy. You've to got to put it fun. out there and and not be fearful. Well, you still can be fearful about people not showing up, but accept the fact that people might not show up, mm. and that is totally cool. Yeah, there's. A, I mean, we could talk on and on about enrollment. In different ways of enrolling and basically you have you know we we talk about this as leadership as well like the whole thing doesn't exist and then rod raises his hand and say hey who wants to come and that's really the essence of leading it's leading from the front it's leading and um i think one thing that could be helpful is um thinking of yourself as that person say once you've done it once you know well i, I can do that again you know and you can build you, you sort of build um yourself into that archetype as the the leader, the person who does this sort of thing. Um, any Anything else? Did you guys get any other questions? I think it was uh, one from basically someone just starting out who, who may want to open their own space and train, train so spaces like ours up. Actually, I think we've answered that pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, the... Nah, that's cool. I had something in mind, kind of, just to kind of go on Rod's point, but I've forgotten that. Jacob, anything else? No, I'm pretty good. I think we've covered everything that's pretty much possible. That's what I was after. So maybe we could go through, I just felt like there was a, there was a lot of information. Yeah. So maybe we could go through and just kind of like pinpoint some of these things. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, your, your, your main takeaways that you picked up from, oh yeah, great. <laughs> Sorry, podcast. <laughs> Rod's getting robbed. Someone's <laughs> trying to break into the building. We're going to wrap it up soon, but hopefully I can edit out some of the sound. Let's maybe go through something that jumped out to you, maybe from yourself or that you picked up from the others. Uh, I don't, I don't want to go myself, but I really liked what Jacob said around, you know, knowing your strengths. You know, strength is never a weakness, uh, and embrace that. But then know where your weaknesses are too, because that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for you to step up, seek help at, and um, and pursue it and be better at it. You know, kind of and make that your strength. I know it sounds cliche. Um, this, another story that just came to my head quickly was me and Jacob when we were part of this, you know, uh, this business mastermind that we belonged to. We were the only two people there that didn't have four walls, and we were paying in excess of tens of thousands, whatever it was, yeah. right? You know, to go there, 
where we're working person one on one. There's no brick and mortar. There is no you know like it takes a certain level of commitment essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and the reason we took that at the time was also because we knew that was not our forte. You know, I, I love my craft. You know, it's something I've devoted a long time, and I still continue to this day. Business has never been my strength. You know, it was something I'm not an expert at. So guess what? I'm going to seek somebody else. You know, I'm going to seek somebody else. I'm going to surround myself with the environment. Through that environment, I've met you guys. You know, and we sat here four years down the line now and talking about whatever it is. Mm. Um, so taking the opportunity, you know, kind of knowing nice and early, you know, what your strengths are, but then also being aware and doing something about the weaknesses or, you know, where the holes might be uh, and pursuing that. Love it. I think that's a good way to finish that. That's pretty awesome. Nothing else to add that jumped out at you? Not really. Yeah, I just tell everyone this, and the the point's been made a bunch of times, but just start. Like, don't be fearful of it not working out, because actually it's not going to work out. The way that you planned, anyway, this this whole business plan and all these different degrees and shit like that, it's not going to work out. And it's like, you need to accept the fact that it's not going to, and then go, cool. I learned something, I'm going to rework that and go again and yeah. go again and go again. The same with training, it's just life. It's like, that's how it works out, right? Everything's you just like got to do it. Perfectionists, you know, kind of like, that's yeah. what maybe the outsider's view is, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like, but we're far from it. Oh, not even, yeah, yeah, not even close. Yeah, yeah. I was going to add that in as something, this, this kind of bias for action or prototyping or just doing, and I think um, all three of you, I would say that's just, that's it. High frequency. That's the strength. Like, it's like, it's like even this podcast. Hey, who's around? Can you podcast it? Everyone makes it. Yes, done. There's no planning, right? And then I think what you guys have shown is that you're almost better off to act, pivot, act, learn, fail, learn, and pivot, or act, kind of succeed, pivot, whatever, um, with some sort of a loose idea or plan. Versus um, staying with an idea. Yeah. The word evolution comes to mind, and that's why I love using that word because evol- part of evolution is also like, you know, reading out the week. You know, like what didn't work? Mm. Shit, yeah. I'm not gonna do that it's, again. It's not doing you know, it. oh shit, there's something in that. It's play. That's why it's a playful approach. Yeah. You know, kind of going with that loose mindset where if something doesn't work out, we're not gonna fucking pursue it. It's you being know? like fluid and curious about how can we change, how can we make it better, and I've just got that mindset kind of wired into me that I'm always looking for new ideas that potentially will fail, but it's cool. Clearly this guy's doing really well, clearly that guy's doing really well too, but they're still sat here talking about how they can make it fucking better. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about what are the holes, what are they gonna plug, like what are they gonna improve, what are they gonna refine, what are they gonna evolve, like, and it's the unknown. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain fear in that, but what we practice over time is embracing that fear. You know, it's okay not to have the absolute to the T plan or whatever kind of stuff. That's the North Star, that's where we want to go. Okay, cool, what, what needs to happen? And it doesn't look like this, does it? <laughs> Jacob, anything else jump out for you? Um, I think like look, looking at like us in this table, like Rod's like one of the best at like speed of implementation yeah. on anything. It's like it's I don't need to have all this sorted. I'm just going for it, and we'll figure it out. Do you like, did you do you remember when he did the retreat this year? Yeah, and I, I remember it was like it came up that day. day, and I was like, oh screw it, let's just start selling this now. I was like, there's barely any. The, your winter retreat, like I remember we had a chat about it or something, like maybe ten or something, <laughs> and then at two o'clock. It was like advertised. Sold a couple of yeah. yeah, so fast. Yeah, like I think like Rod's like great at that. Vic's got basically like just this, this whole like 
network, mentors, like build everything out and then just having this consistent mastery of the craft that I think that I think anyone that's in, involved in coaching would be very like would look up to and be inspired by the way that Vic goes about that as well. And then looking at uh, yourself as like a lot of a lot of things is creating opportunities for connection and communication with people and creating networks and like that's what brought us all in like you just knew that we're all all going to be in the same town at the same time and was like hey who's around can we just make this happen this will be cool like i'm sure you would have had a general idea of what was going to come from it but you wouldn't have thought up exactly this whole plan i was like let's just do it same as rod would just like let's just create an opportunity and go for it like, sounds okay let's i think go. that's a um like one of the cool things is like if you have those aspects or if you don't have them it's like just start treating yourself like you have that we talk, we've talked yeah. a few times about the idea of like heroes is like how can you how can I act more like Rod if I need to get something going on it's like I've got this idea alright let's just start going with it now let's just tell people it's happening and I'll figure it out if it's like okay how do I master my craft better it's like how does, how does Vic do it and it's just finding what that is and dive in on it and like I, I use a lot of like we're obviously copying uh, I copy you a lot of the time with the podcast stuff now it's like alright oh, John's just stepped it up and gone video. I need to go video now because that's the way it's going. Like, so it's like finding those things for, from each other and then just going double down on it. That's it. Mm. Uh, I guess maybe based off of just to wrap it up, like based off of that tone that you mentioned, anything that you guys think you will incorporate more of from what Jacob just said in 2020, like in terms of, you know, you just said some really cool stuff around what you learn from each of those guys like is there anything that looking forward to next year like oh like maybe I'll you know come up and visit more or like is there anything else that jumps out of mind well it's kind of already started in my eyes you know kind of this week in terms of like you know I sat down with Jacob for about an hour and talked about you know learning basically learning off him you know, I thought that was going to be a 10 minute conversation I was like I'll film it I'll be able to chuck it out on my podcast as well hour long I was like that's not going on the podcast honestly, too much God, like there was so much gold in there and I was you know I was pretty lucky to have said there too and he was just like my blog you know it's just like cool so like we should be doing this and like it'd be really cool to experiment with that and just the the ideation out of that conversation mm -hmm. you know like those we we didn't wait for an opportunity we created an opportunity yeah you know now we're gonna fucking make use of it essentially you know and that's gonna roll out end of jam you know the next 12 weeks of uh, programming in terms of strength cool we're gonna we have a number of things we want to work and um, define and evolve over time essentially and that all came from just that pure connection bit you know kind of coming up here I just love kind of connecting with this guy you know kind of and I think the environment here is just amazing um, and the one main piece that I've you know kind of talked about you know it's not the 2020 year uh, in the last couple of weeks has been like 2020 for me it's gonna be more around collaborating even mm. more um, you know that's how we you know started super powerful. Um, and uh, that's what led me to have the team that I have today, you know, doing the work that I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. I want to bring Jacob on board in 2020 and, you know, into the AIM Academy coaches, you know, we're going to do a massive event, you know, out of coaching and stuff like that. And I should bring a number of people, um, you know, experts, if you want to call them that, but an opportunity for them to kind of showcase and teach and, and, and share what they know. Mm. And, and, you know, all from that place of love, essentially, but real. You know, kind of real experiences, real knowledge, kind of stuff. Um, so it's going to be an opportunity, and that's that's my goal. You know, kind of, and I want to be able to do that. Um, you know, three times next year. That's my yeah. goal. Cool. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, run an hour.
if you enjoyed the episode and you're listening on this and you've made it through to the end, thank you for listening. If you know of anyone, friend, friend, family member, cousin, second cousin, who's interested in going into personal training or, you know, they've thrown around the idea of owning a gym. I remember me, 2010, 11, something like that. Ruby and I talked about owning a gym one day. Oh, that would be cool. And it was just this pipe dream, you know. Uh, So if you know of someone like that, really what I wanted to do is create something that from my future self going back to my past self would have been like, wow, this is gold. You know, you know, they know, they know they don't want to go into maybe a mainstream gym. They're a little bit, you know, interested in maybe strength stuff or the movement, whatever it might be. Just forward them this episode and hopefully it helps. Any specific questions, you know where to reach Vic, Jacob and Rod. Reach out to them directly uh, as they mentioned and ask you to do. And that's it. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys, for making the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, gents. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. When you can, when you have the skills to be able to line things up or think about where you want to go, genuinely where you want to go, or how to deal with people, or how to navigate moving forward, it's everything, isn't it? Like, it's everything fundamental to everything that you do decision making it's massive the access potential academy is a six-month peer-to-peer program for small business owners who are looking to level up there's a heavy emphasis on project-based learning so we learn through doing there's not a lot of consumption not a lot of video content we go into execution mode. So if you're sitting out on your own path, if you're doing your own thing, or even if you're in a job, but you're looking to level up your skill set, then this might be something that you're interested in. We deep dive into right brain thinking, communication, connection, expression, the ability to create, the ability to move through fear, the ability to take action, and the ability to grow your business through all of this good stuff. If you're interested in finding out more about APA, send a quick email to john at johntmarsh.com and get in touch. I'd love to hear what you're looking to create and we can connect and take it from there. Thanks again for listening. See you on the next one.